0: Hello and welcome to part 1 of episode 57 of Pay-Per-View, where I review the papers and big headlines over the week and place the vets and headlines in the true context in a weekly podcast. And the first subject is Trump and the Golan Heights. This is in Heretz. Thousands protest in Jordan over Trump's recognition of Golan Heights as Israeli territory. Thousands of Jordanians have protested against the US decision to recognise Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights and against the escalation of hostilities between Israel and Hamas and Gaza. 3,000 demonstrators poured through the streets of Jordan's capital holding anti-Israel signs and chanting slogans in support of Hamas and against Israeli control of East Jerusalem, which Palestinians seek as their capital for a future state. Protesters also called for the protection of Al-Aqsa Mosque, a flashpoint Jerusalem holy site under Jordanian custodianship. The march was organised by the Muslim Brotherhood Movement and other parties opposed to Jordan's 1994 peace treaty with Israel. So now that just tells you the mentality that you're looking at there opposed to a peace treaty. What kind of people would be opposed to a peace treaty? But psychopaths. The annual protest known as Land Day commemorates events in March 1976 when Israel seized land from northern Arab villages leading to the killing of six Palestinians. And there's another article here gets into more detail about Trump recognizing Golan Heights as Israeli land. This is in the Independent. And if you want to laugh as in a Oh, the irony, kind of laugh. And how about this? This is also in Haaretz. Golan recognition will promote Israeli-Palestinian peace, Mike Pompeo says. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the Trump administration's decision to recognize the Golan Heights as part of Israel will promote peace between Israel and the Palestinians. This is a Zionist neocon saying this. I mean, the last thing they want is peace between Israel and Palestinians. Pompeo made the remark during an appearance before the House of Representatives Foreign Affairs Committee. He refused, however, to say whether the administration's peace plan would include the creation of a Palestinian state next to Israel. and said only that the administration will offer new ideas. Well, they don't want... See, this is the thing about people who say they want a two-state solution. Israel only wants one state. That's why people who say they want a two-state solution are either Zionists in the know or clueless of the real situation. Israel wants greater Israel as I have talked about before in the previous episode and episodes 16 and 10 The article goes on Trump's decision to recognize the Golan Heights as part of Israel was denounced over the past days by the European Union and leading Arab countries Pompeo said during the briefing that the decision was the right thing to do Well he would because it suits Israel last week several former american officials warned against the recognition and said that it would make it harder for arab states to accept the proposed american peace plan set to be unveiled after the april 9th israeli election former american officials warned dennis ross who served in various capacities under presidents george hw bush bill clinton and barack obama told heretz i don't think it will contribute to their desire to present their peace plan america doesn't want peace it's never wanted peace the quote goes on I don't think it will contribute to their desire to present their peace plan. I think it will make it harder for Arab leaders to be responsive. If they want the peace plan to have a chance of success, they also need to be thinking about how you create a context that makes it easier for Arab leaders to respond to them, not harder. And this will make it harder. Another former top American official has said he could understand the timing from Netanyahu's point of view given the upcoming election, but that it is an own goal for relations with the Arab states and it could cause Trump's successor to reverse the decision a pattern We are seeing a lot these days. Last week, Chief Palestinian Negotiator Saib Erekat, who chairs the Palestine Liberation Organization, blasted the decision which he said will further destabilise the Middle East. Well, that's exactly what the West want to do, destabilise the Middle East. The idea is to make it under the West's and Israel's control. Oh, sorry, I repeat myself. Israel's control. Trump recognised Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Today, he recognised Israeli sovereignty over the Golden Heights. What will lead to a lack of stability and bloodshed in the region tomorrow, said Erekat. The Egyptian foreign ministry said in a statement that the Golden Heights is an occupied Arab territory according to the International Community and UN Resolution 497, which was adopted in 1981 by the Security Council. The international community should honour its stance preventing Israeli sovereignty over the area. Well, that won't happen. Arab Gulf states including Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates, Qatar and Kuwait also denounced the decision. European Union foreign policy chief Federica Mogherini released a statement earlier Wednesday on behalf of all 28 union states saying the EU does not recognize Israeli sovereignty over the occupied Golan Heights. Well this is another example of Israel's apartheid nature because Israel is an apartheid state as well as a racist state. It's all part of the Greater Israel Project I talk about in episode 48. Another example of this is the Jewish National Fund, which buys up illegally occupied land for Jewish-only settlements. What is that but racism? Donald Trump labelling the Golan Heights on the map as part of Israel is not a surprise. I've talked before about how Donald Trump is owned by Israel, not least due to the Israeli connections of his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, Sheldon Adelson, Trump's biggest funder, and his vice-president Mike Pompeo. They own Trump and Israel owns them. Donald Trump is the most elite Zionist in American presidential history. And my God, there's been some competition. Another reason this is happening is to replace the Al-Aqsa Mosque on Temple Mount, or Haram-es-Sharif to Israelis, with a rebuilt Solomon's Temple where it's said King Solomon resided. I've talked about the relevance of the name Solomon in episode 46. Israel knows they can get away with anything now, with Trump in power. And this is just the latest example. It won't be the last. Trump doesn't care about the civilians who will be affected by this move, because political leaders of the West, especially American presidents, never do. Palestinians and Syrians now really are in the eye of the storm. And unless people are prepared to speak out and speak up for them, the most racist creed on earth and the most racist apartheid country on earth, Zionism and Israel, which brands anyone else racist for condemning their actions, will only continue their bombing and slaughter and expansion of land. And the next subject is Trump and the Mueller report. This is in the Guardian. The key findings of the Mueller report. The U.S. Attorney General William Barr released a summary of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's long-awaited report into allegations that Donald Trump's campaign colluded with Russia in the 2016 presidential election. Here are the main findings of the two-year investigation that the president regularly denounced as a witch hunt before claiming vindication upon its completion. Collusion. Barr said the special counsel's investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. But Mueller found that there was conclusive evidence that Russia did interfere in the election, both through a coordinated campaign of disinformation and by hacking emails from Hillary Clinton's election team. Well, show us the evidence then. Where is it? It's all well and good saying we've got evidence for this, we've got evidence for that. We've discovered evidence, we found this. Or that. And they know that for most people that would be enough, but others of us would rather like to see the evidence first before accepting that it exists. The article goes on. In a letter to lawmakers, Barr said that Mueller found there had been multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. Obstruction. Many observers have predicted the biggest danger to Trump came from a possible accusation of obstruction of justice, particularly over his decision to sack the FBI director, James Comey, who headed the investigation before Mueller. But Barr said the evidence outlined in Mueller's report is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offence. In cataloguing the president's actions, many of which took place in public view, the report identifies no actions that, in our judgment, constitute obstructive conduct, Barr added in his letter. But while Barr, who was appointed by Trump, concluded that the president had not obstructed justice, he acknowledged that Mueller himself was inconclusive on the question of obstruction. The special counsel, therefore, did not draw a conclusion one way or another as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction, he said. The special counsel states that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. No further indictments. Trump's former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, his former personal lawyer Michael Cohen, and his campaign chairman Paul Manafort are among the 34 individuals already indicted by Mueller, but they will be the last, according to Barr. The report does not recommend any further indictments, nor did the Special Counsel obtain any sealed indictments that have yet to be made public, Barr said in his letter to the heads of the Senate and House Judiciary Committees. I'll just read an article here about the firing of James Comey what was said about him into context and context of the whole story. Trump fires FBI Director Comey raising questions over Russia investigation. This was also in The Guardian from May 2017. Donald Trump has fired James Comey as FBI director in a move that has raised concerns over the independence of the Bureau's investigation into links between the Trump campaign and Russia in the run up to last year's U.S. presidential election. The president cited Comey's handling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation as the reason behind this decision, but Democrats are quick to cry foul, and there are vociferous demands for a special prosecutor to be appointed to oversee the Russia inquiry. One Senate Democrat described the move as Nixonian. On Tuesday, CNN reported that a grand jury had begun issuing subpoenas to its associates of Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor, at the center of the ongoing inquiry into Russian meddling in the election. If confirmed, the report suggests the FBI's investigation into the Trump camp's links with Moscow has entered a significant new phase. Well, as I've just read out, the March score I've just read, the Mueller report found that no such collusion happened. In a letter to Comey, the President wrote, while I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation, I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the Department of Justice that you are not able to effectively lead the Bureau. It is essential that we find new leadership for the FBI that restores public trust and confidence in its vital law enforcement mission. The dismissal of America's top law enforcement official came days after he testified on Capitol Hill about Clinton's use of a private email server as Secretary of State in the FBI's investigation into Russian election interference. Comey incorrectly testified that former Clinton aide Huma Abedin forwarded hundreds and thousands of emails to her husband's laptop, including some of the classified information. On Tuesday, the FBI informed the Senate Judiciary Committee that only a small number of thousands of emails found on the laptop had been forwarded there, while most had simply been backed up from electronic devices. In a recent interview, Clinton partly blamed Comey's letter in late October notifying Congress that the FBI was studying the emails on the laptop for costing her the presidential election. Comey had also been fiercely criticised for holding a press conference last July in which she said Clinton would not be charged, but criticised her as extremely careless. The move was seen as infringing on the role of the Justice Department and Attorney General. The timing of Comey's dismissal was related to the recent confirmation of Rod Rosenstein. As Deputy Attorney General according to the White House. In a memo released on Tuesday, Rosenstein wrote, A director was wrong to usurp the Attorney General's authority on the fifth of july twenty sixteen and announced his conclusion that the Clinton case should be closed without prosecution. The memo added, compounding the error, the director ignored another long standing principle we do not hold press conferences to release derogatory information about the subject of a declined criminal investigation. The director laid out his version of the facts for the news media as if it were a closing argument, but without a trial. It is a textbook example of what federal prosecutors and agents are taught not to do. A statement from the White House said, Today President Donald J. Trump informed FBI Director James Comey that he has been terminated and removed from office. President Trump acted based on the clear recommendations of both Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and Attorney General Jeff Sessions. The search for the next head of our crown jewel of law enforcement will begin immediately, the statement said. Comey's deputy Andrew McCabe takes over in the interim. Comey, 56, who was nominated by Obama in 2013 to a 10-year term, reportedly found that he had been fired from breaking news alerts on TV screens as he delivered a speech to FBI staff in Los Angeles. He was caught flat-footed but carried on talking to the agents, the Los Angeles Times reported. Soon after, In another bizarre turn, a letter was hand-delivered to FBI headquarters in Washington by Keith Schiller, Trump's former bodyguard, who worked for Trump's security for nearly two decades before joining the administration. The last U.S. president to fire an FBI director was Bill Clinton, who dismissed William Sessions in 1993 over financial irregularities. How about that for irony? A Clinton firing someone because of corruption. Comey's dismissal raises questions over the future of the FBI's investigation into alleged ties between Trump associates and Russia during the presidential election. While the Republican majorities in the House and Senate could hold back congressional investigations and a new FBI director to kill off its counterintelligence investigation, a grand jury is not under Trump's control. He may not be able to stop the Russian collusion affair from going to court. Under U.S. law, grand juries, which are larger than normal 12-person court juries, have sweeping powers to compel witnesses to appear to call for the presentation of documents and to issue indictments. Most Republicans back the president, including the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, who said the handling of the Clinton email investigation is a clear example of how Clinton's decisions have called into question the trust and political independence of the FBI. The effectiveness of the FBI depends upon the public trust and confidence. Unfortunately, this has clearly been lost. But broad condemnation from Democrats and dissent from some Republicans is likely to intensify pressure for the appointment of a special prosecutor. Justin Amash, a Republican congressman from Michigan, tweeted, My staff and I are reviewing legislation to establish an independent commission on Russia. He described the justification given in Trump's letter to Comey as bizarre. Democrat Adam Schiff, ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, said the same president who has called the investigation into the Russian hacking of our democracy and the potential complicity of his campaign a fake cannot pretend to have made such a decision uninfluenced by his concerns over Comey's continued involvement in the investigation. It is more imperative than ever that an independent prosecutor be appointed. The article goes on. Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, said this is Nixonian. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein must immediately appoint a special counsel to continue the Trump-Russia investigation. This investigation must be independent and thorough in order to uphold our nation's system of justice. Chuck Schumer, Democrat minority leader in the Senate, Said he told Trump, who called to notify him before making the firing public, you're making a very big mistake. He added, If Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein does not appoint an independent special prosecutor, every American will rightly suspect that the decision to fire Director Comey was part of a cover up. The article goes on. Trump accused Schumer of hypocrisy as he fired back on Twitter. Crying Chuck Schumer stated recently, I do not have confidence in him, James Comey, any longer. Then act so indignant. Hashtag drain the swamp. Of course, Trump was always talking about draining the swamp in his election campaign and then filled it even more. Civil society groups also expressed alarm at the day's events. Anthony Romero, executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union, said the independence of the FBI director is meant to ensure that the president does not operate above the law. For President Trump to fire the man responsible for investigating his own campaign's ties to the Russians imperils that fundamental principle. The president only has one publicly scheduled item on his agenda on Wednesday. A meeting with Sergey Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia. And there's another section here. Is Comey's dismissal a cover-up? Donald Trump, the first U.S. president since Richard Nixon to fire, the person leading an investigation that bears on him is certainly acting like a man with something to hide. The White House claims Comey was fired from his handling and inquiry into Hillary Clinton's emails, and that Trump had been losing confidence in him since the election. This, of course, was the investigation into Hillary Clinton using a private email server. For government business and that is the tip, of the tip 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 of the iceberg to borrow a phrase when it comes to the actions of the Clintons over decades. Your article goes on Do you find this explanation credible that Comey was fired from his handling and inquiries in Clinton's emails and that Trump had lost confidence in him since the election. Given that Trump previously praised Comey for showing guts in his scrutiny of Clinton, critics say the true motive was Comey's refusal to drop the FBI's inquiry into possible links between Trump's associates and Russia during last year's election campaign. Matters have come to a head. The president's growing anger and frustration at Comey's focus on Russia and his failure to stop leaks from the FBI, the identification of Trump's former national security advisor Michael Flynn's blackmail risk, and reports denied by the Justice Department that Comey was asking for more resources to accelerate his work. Numerous Democrats have accused Trump of a cover-up, drawn comparisons with Nixon and Watergate, and demanded the appointment of a special prosecutor. Republican leaders have resisted this call and stood by the president, although others have dissented. And another article here on Mueller Report. This is in The Guardian. An illegal takedown that failed, Trump and allies crow over Mueller Report. An exultant Donald Trump declared a political victory and himself vindicated, after the special counsel found that his election campaign did not collude with Russia. It appeared to be a death blow to those who pinned their hopes on Robert Mueller chasing Trump out of office in a replay of the Watergate scandal, but Democrats refused to concede defeat, arguing that the American public deserved to see the full report, not a Trump-appointed attorney general's four-page summary of it. The president who long derided the investigation as a witch-hunt led a chorus of Republicans in gloating. After a long investigation, after so many people have been so badly hurt, after not looking at the other side where a lot of bad things happened, it was just announced there was no collusion with Russia, Trump told reporters in West Palm Beach, Florida, before flying back to Washington. The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He added, it was complete and total exoneration. It's a shame that our country had to go through this, to be honest. It's a shame that your president had to go through this before I even got elected. This was an illegal takedown that failed and hopefully somebody's going to be looking at the other side. Trump's claim of total exoneration was not accurate. In a summary of the obstruction of justice issue, Barr wrote that while Mueller did not conclude that the president committed a crime, his report also does not exonerate him. This leaves open the question of whether Trump obstructed justice by firing the FBI director, James Comey, and drafting an incomplete explanation about his son's meeting with a Russian lawyer at Trump Tower. However, on the charge of collusion with Russia, which has hung over the White House and intrigued the world for two years, the president was cleared. Barr noted the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with Russia in its election interference activities. Trump's family and supporters joined him in at the victory lap, and far from seeking to heal divisions, wasting no time in jeering. Sarah Sanders, the White House press secretary, tweeted a great day for America and for President Donald Trump. After two years of wild anti Trump hysteria, the president and his millions of supporters have been completely vindicated. Well, on this issue, yes. Donald Trump Jr., whose June 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer was seen by many as collusion in plain sight, lamented more than two years of non-stop demonization from CNN, MSNBC, BuzzFeed and the rest of the mainstream media, as well as daily lies and smears coming from Democrats in Washington. The Trump 2020 campaign sent out an email with the subject heading Collusion Hoax in a video about what it described as Democrats' reckless false charges. Brad Parscale, the campaign manager, offered a preview of how the president is likely to use the investigation during the election next year. Today marks the day that President Trump has been completely and fully vindicated by Special Counsel Robert Mueller, exposing the Russian collusion claim for the sham that it always was and catching Democrats in an elaborate web of lies and deceit, he said. For Republicans in Congress, there was cause to breathe a sigh of relief. Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, welcomed Mueller's contribution to understanding Russian attacks on American democracy. Trump has questioned even this premise. Suggesting that he is willing to accept Vladimir Putin's word over his own intelligence agencies. McConnell's words may also have provoked mirthless laughter among advisers to former President Obama, who have said the Kentuckian refused to join a bipartisan condemnation of such attacks in the run up to Election Day 2016. Some of Trump's loudest supporters weighed in. Lindsey Graham, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, tweeted, Good day for the rule of law. Great day for President Trump and his team. No collusion and no obstruction. The cloud hanging over President Trump has been removed by this report. Bad day for those hoping the Mueller investigation would take President Trump down. Jim Jordan of Ohio, top Republican on the House Oversight Committee, said there was no collusion, coordination or cooperation with Russia. All the special counsels, prosecutions and US persons in the course of this investigation were wholly unrelated to collusion. I hope this will put an end to the partisan and political investigations in Congress aimed at undermining President Trump. The article goes on. Democrats, who have long said the question of impeachment should wait for the Mueller report, were forced to regroup. Some suggested that since Barr is a Trump appointee, its impartiality may be open to question. They urged the Justice Department to release the full report. The Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi released a joint statement that said Barr's letter raises as many questions as it does answers. The fact that Special Captain Muller's report does not exonerate the President on charges serious as obstruction of justice demonstrates how urgent it is that the full report and underlying documentation be made publicly without any further delay. Referring to a memo written by Barr before he returned as Attorney General. They wrote, given Mr. Barr's public record of bias against the special counsel's inquiry, he is not a neutral observer and is not in a position to make objective determinations about the report. And most obviously for the President to say he is completely exonerated directly contradicts the words of Mr. Mueller and is not to be taken with any degree of credibility. Schumer and Pelosi called for the release of the full report and the underlying documents. Gerald Nadler, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, issued a series of tweets that said he wanted Barr to quickly testify before Congress. Nagler said Mueller clearly and explicitly is not exonerating the president and we must hear from Barr about his decision-making and see all the underlying evidence for the American people to know all the facts. Democratic candidates for president added expressions of concern. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey tweeted the American public deserves the full report and findings from the Mueller investigation immediately, not just the in-house summary from a Trump administration official. Elizabeth Wilde of Massachusetts posted Congress voted 420 to naught to release the full Mueller report. Not a summary from his Hampton Attorney General. A.G. Barr made the full report public immediately. The Mueller investigation led to charges against 34 individuals, including six in Trump's inner circle. The special counsel was not able to interview Trump in person. The lack of a collusion finding may fire up Democrats to go after the president even more aggressively in House investigations into his family and businesses, using subpoena power where necessary. The results may still prove damaging to Trump's re-election hopes. Well, the Trump-Russia collusion narrative was created to demonize Russia, because Russia has long been a target for the West to conflict with, along with China and Iran. I've talked about Western foreign policy in episode 48. Another reason for the Russian collusion narrative is to stop any coming together between America and Russia, because the Zionist neocons in the Trump administration want conflict between America and Russia. So, were Trump to... Tried to reach out to russia then he's just going to be seen as an ally of the kremlin and he's going to be labeled as and demonized as such so it's in a way a deterrent to stop that coming together happening or an attempt at least anyway trump has such a i'm the boss personality that to control him the zionist neocons just have to let him press ahead with policies which suit them or don't hinder their agenda, and any policies and actions which do, they'll pull the rope. For example, if Trump doesn't want a conflict with Iran, it's no problem for the Zionist neocons to engineer events, to be blamed on Iran, or to exaggerate the Iran regime's mentality, to twist Trump's arm on attacking Iran so that Trump will say, I know I said during my election campaign that America should stop intervening in the affairs of other countries, I know I said that, but... You know, Iran, I mean, we need to do something about them. That's the way the neocons are playing it with Trump. Someone that suits them or doesn't hinder their agenda, then just let him do it. Seemingly on his own, let him think he's the one calling the shots And anything we don't like. Well, we can engineer events so that he doesn't do things we don't want him to do, while he still has the impression that he's the boss. The Russian collusion story started around the time of the 2016 US elections between Trump the most Israeli and Zionist-owned president in American history, and the long-time Zionist Hillary Clinton. And she's proven she's a long-time Zionist through her actions in the State Department over the years, alone, advancing Israel's foreign policy under the guise of American foreign policy, because they're the same thing. It's no coincidence that a list of countries in a document created by an organization I mentioned last time, the Project for the New American Century, document was called rebuilding america's defenses strategy forces and resources for a new century the list of countries in that document among the list of countries in that document are countries israel wants to target and that's no coincidence it should have been called the project for the new israeli century because that would have been closer to the truth america's army are sent all over the world based not on america's decisions of who should be targeted but Israel's decisions on who should be targeted, who they want to target, what land they want bombed next and invaded next. The claim of the Russian collusion story was that Russian collusion got Trump elected when many people voted for Trump as the populist vote. I talk about populism in episode 18, another episode because people were sick and tired of the old politics which Hillary Clinton represents and the corruption and modacity of political figures like Hillary Clinton and they wanted a change. I think, as I've said before, not least in episode 25, that those who voted for Trump were misguided but many people voted for a change to American politics, what they thought would be a change to American politics. It was also around this time that the Russian fake news scandal began which I've talked about in episode 37. This was an attempt to discredit the genuine alternative media which is only interested in facts. By claiming at least some of the information it communicates. Has come from Russian sources. And to paint the Kremlin as a disinformation operation. When the CIA, FBI and MI5 are world leaders in disinformation. Everything that Russia has been accused of doing. The Kremlin has been accused of doing. That CIA, FBI and MI5 have a long history of doing. This is the irony. You name it. They've done it. And continue to do it. Now Russia is important to... The neocons, as I've said, and they want to target Russia. General Wesley Clark, the former Supreme Allied Commander, Europe of NATO, said in an interview in 2007. He said, about 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz, both neocons, both members of the project for the new American century. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you've got to come in and talk to me a second. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. He said, this was before anyone was talking about Iraq in terms of what led to the invasion in 2003. The quote goes on. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So I said, well. Did they find some information connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no, he says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. Well, that statement betrays the compartmentalization of the entire structure of society. They didn't just make the decision to go to war with Iraq. Iraq had been in the planning since at least 1996 and long before. The quote goes on, he said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And he said, I guess if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. Well, that sums up the American military perfectly, except it's not the American military. It's the military of the elite cabal that controls America and is to a massive extent directed by Israel. And the American military is controlled by something else, which I'll be revealing in the next couple of months. The military in general, not just the American military. The quote goes on. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just got this down from upstairs. That's the Secretary of Defense's Donald Rumsfeld's office. Today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq project for the new American century, and then Syria project for the new american century lebanon project for the new american century libya project for the new american century somalia sudan and finishing off with iran project for the new american century i said is it classified he said yes sir i said well don't show it to me and i saw him a year or so ago and i said you remember that he said sir i didn't show you that memo i didn't show it to you it's a big new brzezinski jimmy carter's national security advisor and a mentor to obama wrote in his book, The Grand Chessboard, American Primacy and its Geostrategic Imperatives, published in 1998, that to control the world, America would have to control Eurasia, Europe across to China and from Russia down to the Middle East, which is exactly where the invasions and conflicts have been since 9-11. What Brzezinski wrote over 20 years ago has played out since, and is playing out now. The invasions and conflicts have been in that area since 9-11 and others planned by the project for the new american century and on the list given to general wesley clark this is one reason for the war on terror it provides the excuse to take over and start a global conflict out of that part of the world it's funny as in interesting not ha funny that there's all of this talk of russian collusion now found to be a myth due to the Mueller report as some of us were saying at the time but there's never any talk the western media wouldn't dare Of Israeli collusion. American politics is absolutely. Awash. With Israeli influence and control. Israel owns American politics. And it owns. The American media. And it owns Hollywood as I've talked about before. In episode 50. Israel controls the American administration. The British administration. The German administration. The Australian administration. The French administration. It's a global network. And when you see images of. Theresa May or Boris Johnson it will happen at some point or Obama or Trump meeting with Netanyahu and you see them standing side by side when the photo is taken what you're looking at is the President of the United States and Donald Trump the President of the United States and Barack Obama the Prime Minister of Britain and Theresa May the prime minister of britain and david cameron the prime minister of britain when it happens and boris johnson when those two meet eventually because that's the dynamic it's a global network of control from israel and that network's name is zionism elite zionism as opposed to regular zionism elite zionism controls politics government agencies corporations banking media hollywood and the entertainment industry and more and runs American and other countries' society, including Britain. Israeli influence and control of American politics makes what Russia is accused of doing look like child's play by comparison. There's a lot more to be learned looking at Israeli influence of American politics than you'll ever learn investigating any possible Russian collusion of American politics because looking at Israeli influence will open up a massive vista of control and a global network working to a common agenda the elite's agenda the less than one percent as some people call them some people call them one percent i call them less than one percent and the connection between israel and the elite and that's why there's such a effort to censor people and demonize people exposing that and that's why It needs to be exposed because there's so much to come out. And that's why they want to try to frighten people from talking about it. Or those who won't be frightened, like me and others, to be censored and demonized as a result of talking about it. But that really only emboldens people like me and others to keep researching and investigating and to keep communicating the truth of Israel and Zionism's network background influence and control of global society and there's a lot more to come yet so that's it for this week that's the news that's the context and connections that's pay-per-view more to come next week until then goodbye